You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Film Frequency, Film Family, I should say, we are here for another episode of the Film Frequency. I know we're late with this episode, and I know last episode I promised you we'd be bringing you Tenet. I'll be doing Tenet alone because the sound mix in Tenet is just killing my boy JB. Speaking of JB, the, the prodigal one himself is here. What's going on, JB? What's going on, Film Family? What is going on, Hayes? Yeah, I, I, I'm not messing with that. I'm already deaf at it as it is. And with all the extra shit that, that Nolan tried to do with Tenant, yeah. I'm not having it. It's so funny that like when we were supposed to do that review and you were like, bro, like something's wrong with the sound. I'm like, no. That did you did you go and read up how like pe- that's one of the biggest complaints in the movie that people are complaining about the sound mix of that shit? No, I just assumed because I'm deaf, I'm hearing it wrong. But then after you told me, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, like I don't know what he was thinking, but I I'm probably assuming they're going to have to remaster it at some point if people are really bitching, bitching about it a lot. I don't know, because uh, t- uh, Nolan's, one of his other movies was like that too, and that's just like a style that he does. Ever since The Dark Knight, like, it's been progressively getting worse and worse and worse, but he mixes the 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 voices underneath the audio, which I taught you how to, how to do some sound editing. You always know that you dip the music behind, it's, I don't know what he's doing, bro. I don't know what he's doing. Well, hold up. He did that with Dark Knight as well? No, it's something he's done since the Dark Knight series. It's after oh, the Dark okay, Knight. Oh, okay, okay. So that was like, like he's like slowly developed the style of like mixing. I think at first it was just action scenes, which I guess it kind of makes sense. You want like the music and some of, if you want like to get the that action. atmosphere of the action in the environment, you want you want that to be heard over the voices. And a lot of action scenes, there really isn't that many voices in, anyway. But now it's like the whole movie is mixed that way. And it's just like, that is such an interesting you know, I don't know, bro. But as a sound to Christopher guy, Nolan, to Christopher Nolan, if you're listening, the film bros just have one thing. Stick to directing and stay away from audio. <laughs> but before we get into our review this week, which I'm going to hold off and let, letting them know what it well, the Fuck it. They're seeing the damn title of the episode. We're reviewing Unhinged, um, a good movie uh, starring Russell Crowe. But we're going to get into some news, bro. And the only the only really piece of news, it's it's a twofold, but they go hand in hand. So uh, Marvel has basically pushed their whole slate back. Uh, some movies nine months, six months, eight months. Like it's basically pushing everything back to the start of 2021. This is interesting for two different reasons. They've kept they've kept pushing Black Widow back. It eventually got to the point where they had to move the other movies back. Because one thing with Marvel, all of their movies, not all of them, but some of them have threads that follow through. So you kind of have things have to fall in certain places, even with their TV shows. Some of those got pushed back as well. Um, but they finally made the decision to just push everything off to start in 2021. That's interesting in and of itself because they're one of the largest studios. Um, but also, it's interesting too because it um, it now puts everything in this position where it's, okay, are we just going to completely reset till 2021? There's been talk, uh, nothing 100% confirmed, but one of the leaders of the theater association has said, that they expect to be shut, they expect to shut down again with no major movies coming out. What do you think about the domino effect that this has on the industry and, and you know the Marvel movies, which I know you don't watch a lot of? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, Marvel is, is is a gigantic slice of the pie. Mm. So a lot of things I'm sure are regulated by what goes on in Marvel. And we sort of talked about this earlier on a few months ago, saying that maybe they might just squash all this for 2020. And that's what it, it's looking like. And, you know, I, I can't blame them. We're going to talk about Unhinged in a couple of minutes and, and kind of like what Unhinged means in this whole coronavirus thing and whatever. But... Marvel wants to release its movies to give it the best chance to make money. And this is just not the right environment, unfortunately, right now. No matter what kind of gimmicks you have going and whatever you're trying to do, this is just not the right environment right now. So I don't blame them for wanting to wait. And I don't blame movie theaters for wanting a whole lot. We can just cross off 2020 and just let's just get to you know January 1st, 2021 and then talk about that. Yeah, I think... Um, and you see, you're seeing more studios, too, push back to, to 2021. Wonder Woman was pushed back. Um, uh, as of right now, James Bond is still scheduled to come out. I think in November of this year is when they push that back. I believe. Uh, don't don't quote me on that. Um, we'll be good after the election. Don't worry. <laughs> but I think uh, I think ultimately, like you said, and to your point, it, it we just need to we need to push it back, and it sucks because w- this happening, there are going to be a huge number of movie theaters that close down, and maybe some chains that close that that completely. Um, shut down because of this it's 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 not it wouldn't surprise me if it happens but ultimately you got to think about the safety of people and and people want to make money and a movie like black widow uh and marvel movies in general everything can't take this loss and it kind of bring this home and you know for the people who say well why not just release it on disney plus originally mulan was reported you know some speculation that it had made 200 million 200 million on streaming what well that came back completely false it actually only did 90 million 90 million for a movie that cost that much studio the, the thing with streaming is movies that are made to go to streaming first have a budget that reflect that you can't take every blockbuster and say oh just put it on streaming it's going to be fine Mm-mm. because it's not going to either one one or two things are going to is going to have to change either the way that we not way the way that these studios make movies now are always going to be in the mindset of okay well if we need to put it on streaming let's keep these budgets more manageable or you're going to see more things like mulan 30 dollars uh you're going to see upwards of 40 and 50 dollars and so the, the the people who have this idea of everything needs to go to streaming i don't really think are, are taking accountability for the fact that you can never make the money you can in theaters on streaming never every you know movie, who would Every movie chain can shut down right now, and all we have is, is streaming, and it's never going to happen. What do you? What are you about to say, bro? I, I agree with you 100, but I do think there is only one studio that would thrive with that model. You know who it is? Who's that? Blumhouse, because that's what Ooh. they do already. They do very low budget shit, and you know they they that's make 100 percent profit. Bro. They double their profit. They're good, and on to the next one. That you know what? And that's the thing, Blumhouse. When you look at it, I think most of their budgets are like five and seven million, like under 10 million. A lot, a large part of their budgets are under $10 million. That's what a lot of, that's why Blumhouse has been so profitable. It's crazy. When you think, when you think about some of the properties that they've been able to take over, they own Halloween. Now they own the Saw franchise. Like these are huge properties but they're they're they, they keep, own, hold up. I'm sorry. They own the Saw franchise. I didn't yeah, know that. The newest Saw movie is the Blumhouse. Movie. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, and the there's, book there's of whatever the fuck. There's yeah. talk now too that they're taking over um, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, and Friday the Thirteenth. There's there's talk like, and then we saw like Invisible Man, like the 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 Universal monsters that like because Jason Blum has cooked up the perfect recipe to where every single one of their movies 
are pro- even the ones that do terrible. Fuck, I, I I just read something not too long ago that uh, what was the movie that we hated? Uh, Temptation Island. What was the name of it? Fantasy no, Island. Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Yeah. Movie was terrible. It happened right before the yes. pandemic too. People hated that movie. They still made ten million dollars in profit off that movie. Crazy. They profited. Correct. Correct. It's, it's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Even their shittiest movies still profit. Yeah. And then every now and then they'll come out with something like Invisible Man, which blows up. And even if all the other ones made small profits. Now you have Invisible Man come out. It made up for all, all the small profit. Now you got a big profit. And then end of the year, they're profitable. Yeah, yeah. Blumhouse, they, they've unlocked something there. So that was a great point there, bro. Um, I, That's really all the news that we have this week. I, uh, There was something else that I wanted to talk to you about, uh, but it completely lost my... Oh, have you seen the um the pictures come out from the Halloween, the new Halloween movie? I know we're both horror, horror fans. Have you seen those? I have not, but I was going to ask you, like, hollow, um, you know, October's right around the corner, so mm. we're going to be getting, like, there's going to have a shit ton of freaking Halloween stuff coming up yeah. on television and just That's overall. I love year, that time bro. of year. Favorite time yes, of year. Yes, sir. Favorite time of and year. And I heard, I heard TAS, we all know, for those who don't listen to The Awakened Soul, Hayes' favorite freaking season is fall, and we're right around the corner from that. Yeah, well, the start of fall was officially yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so I love fall, bro. It's my I've always been at my best in fall, so I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, but yeah, bro, that's really it for the news. You ready to get into this movie? Let's do it, man. Right. Don't 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 honk too loud. <laughs> courtesy tap is young man sounds like this it's light it's friendly I'm sure that's what your mom meant to do no it's not mom having a kind of a hard time lately i'm sorry accept my apology just ignore him well, if you could just do the same we could press reset i don't have anything to apologize for can you go please Are you okay? I'm pretty sure the guy in that truck's following me. He's road raging. Why don't you just chill, man? Go your own way. All right, so that was the trailer for Unhinged. If I did my job correctly and edited this properly. Uh, but, so, uh, bro, this was, this was even though, you know, Tenet was the first tentpole movie release um, on the big screen, uh, Unhinged opened the day theaters opened. It came back that same week. Uh, that was one of the first movies that I went back to the theater and saw. And, you know, starring Russell Crowe in a way that we haven't really seen him. Like, I don't know how much weight he had to gain for this role, but shot. I know, bro. Um, but this, the, what, what, over general thoughts about this movie? Before we get into plot anything, what, what were your general thoughts on it? So, uh, we're going to get into plot and everything, but let me tell I love these type of movies. Movies like this, mm-hmm. I don't know what genre you call this. I don't want to say thriller. I feel like that's too, too broad. But movies like this and, like, you know, the ones where, like, someone's at home and someone's trying to like stalk them at home mm-hmm. like the the stranger uh the strangers and stuff like that suspense. i love those what's that suspense. Ah, i feel like that's still that's still too broad i feel like it should be generalized even smaller like um it, it's suspense yes it's thriller yes but it's more like like invasion i, I don't know what the right terminology would be the, the thing i always look at movies like this and uh, 
again, this is Stalker. No, as like the one bad day movies. The movies that happen in one day. And it's just like the character is just having one terrible fucking day. And that's what this movie is. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, starring Russell Crowe and uh Karen, I can't pronounce her last name. Pistorius. Uh I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh let's just go with Karen. Yeah, Karen. Uh (laughs) but a, a movie with not that big of a cast. Um and so, you know, the but I'm surprised that the budget on this was 33 million because honestly, again, to go back to Blum, Blumhouse could have made this movie for three million dollars. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah. I would assume Russell Crowe. I think a lot of it was equipment. Nah, I mean, yeah, Russell Crowe. You know, they had to pay it a little bit, but yeah. there's a lot of uh, a lot of this weather driving and and stuff like that. So maybe uh, the, the 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 filmography behind it, and I'm sure a lot of that is Russell Crowe's salary as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get into the plot of this movie. Yes. <laughs> so we are the very first scene in this movie. I thought that they were going to and seeing the previews to this. I didn't think that we were going to know what we knew right off the bat. So we see Russell Crowe's character, Tom, uh, go into somebody's house with a bat. Right. And come out. But that's the first scene. But the basic overall plot of this is Ru- uh, is Rachel Hunter and her son, Kyle, um, are on their way. Uh, she's on her way to drop him off from school. She's going through a divorce. Uh, her client fired her her hair client she's a hairdresser fired her on the way there uh her uh her ex-husband soon to be ex-husband because she's going through divorce she just got notified he wants the house and so she's just having again like i said it's one bad day she's just having a terrible day she's coming off the highway after her son told her not to get off the highway uh she's they were stuck on there for like an hour or two or whatever she's coming off she's coming up to the light and there's this guy who's just stopped he's not moving the light's green she honks at him like crazy drives around him and it just sets the motherfucker off and we go through a path where this motherfucker is just he has zeroed in on her like a motherfucker uh what do what do the and like the first 20 minutes of this movie are so like they give us that that first bit with russell crowe's character and then everything like leading up to it is super super slow and then after that that honk it's all fucking uphill from there or yeah, yeah I, I would say from the point where we the first five minutes where we see Russell Crowe and he torches the house and everything yeah. from that point up until where he she first honks and then cuts uh, like goes around him. Yeah. Everything in between there is just sort of filler and kind of leading up to the situation, which I understand why they had, you know, why they had to do it. And this is also a very short film. I want to say it was like 90 minutes, something yeah. around that effect. I, yeah, it was a short film. But at any rate, just some crazy shit, man. I mean, he she chose the wrong person to freaking honk. And, uh, you know, the thing is, though, some of it was I feel was a little bit unrealistic because I have road rage sometimes, too. Right. My wife always yells at me about it. I'll yell. I'll curse a motherfucker. I'll, I'll, I'll give them I'll flip the bird and everything. Mm-hmm. But she actually sat there and was going back and forth having a conversation. I would never do that. Not out of fear, but I'm, when am I going to talk to this person? I'll wind up my window. I understand they couldn't wind up the window because, you know, the window was stuck. But I wouldn't even be talking to the person. And I think if she just, like, let, uh, let's make believe this wasn't a movie. If she would have just shut up and just moved on her way, he, he she wouldn't have set him off the way she did. So I feel like it's kind of unrealistic. What do you think on well, that? Well, to her credit, though, they were stuck. And she didn't. Her son started talking to him. Right. And then that's what said everything. Like, my thing is, is like, kids do weird shit. Like, now her son was 15. I almost would have rather him been like eight or nine because that's shit that that eight or nine year olds do. At 15, listen, my daughter's probably flicking motherfuckers off right along with me (laughs) and then keeping it. But, um, uh, but because of like where they were, I don't think that was unrealistic because you're talking to my kid. And at that point, 
I probably would have been even more upset. Like, she's trying to keep it together because she probably realizes this motherfucker is a little unhinged to go to the title of it. But uh, for me, if you say something to my kid and he's like, yeah, well, your mom doesn't understand that. No, I'm saying something to you at that point. But they had like a literally like a five minute conversation back and forth. Yeah, I would have said like, "Yo, shut like shut the fuck up, leave my kid alone," mm-hmm. and that, and literally that's it. But they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I don't know either that or like come out of the car and kick and like start fighting because just having a conversation just seemed yeah. really unrealistic. I feel like there's only two sides of the spectrum. Either you're all in, which is like you go out, you step out of the car and you start going crazy, or you just keep it quiet. Just back and forth. Because I'm thinking to myself in a situation, and I've been in situations sort of like that, mm-hmm. and it was never a back and forth thing. But I guess to your point, we I was never in a situation where we were complete dead stopped at a red light. It was always like on a highway or going through a street. Yeah. And me, so yeah, I, I could see where you're coming from on that. Now, so as this movie, so that's their kind of interaction. She goes, she drops him off for school. Everything's good. Um, she, I think everything is good to the point to where after she drops him off, she goes to a gas station and she goes in to pay and she looks out and he's there. She sees the car. Now, this is where my issue with the opening scene is, right? Let's say they, instead of showing him burning down the house, full spoilers too, by the way, for anyone who's not listening, full spoilers. <laughs> um, instead of them showing him burn down the house, what if we would have saw him parked outside the house, kind of doing his little thing, and then boom, we cut to the lady's life? Because th- my issue with it was is that we already know this motherfucker is really ready to kill somebody. That gas station scene would have hit me harder if we didn't know that he killed somebody already. And the moment he hits the guy who's defending her, we're like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's really crazy. And then we see on the news, because we get the news scene later when she's when he's meeting her lawyer that shows, oh, no, uh, we're on the the police already looking for him because his wife got killed last night that should have been the first scene that we realized he killed he actually killed his wife and her lover because if if we had not seen that that gas station scene would have been so much more of a shock what do you think about that yeah i I didn't want to see him at all in that beginning i would have liked to not even see him at all period i would have liked to start the movie with with Karen started started with her her character and not even see him at all this way when we do see him we see him at the gas station in our head we're like this guy's kind of psycho but not psycho in the on terms of like oh he's gonna kill her but he's just fucking nuts and he's following her to mess with her but now that we saw that first part we already know oh, he's gonna try to kill her yeah we already yeah. know where this is going yeah so there i feel like the mental psychological aspect is kind of out of it for me at least because i already know he's gonna try to kill her We've seen what he's capable of already. And, and I would say, too, that the that the the previews of this movie, even though it, the marketing of it wasn't huge and that's because of COVID. But let's say regular everything's going on. We would have got like three months of, of commercials for this movie or whatnot. The trailers of this movie didn't even paint him as a killer. It did paint him as he's just fucking with her because he's pissed off that she honked at him. So like to give that away in the first five, the literally the first scene of the movie just feels like. Look, you 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 guys kind of undercutted the suspense of your own movie by doing that, and you know we're we're exactly. too, we're I, we usually love talking about the fun aspect of hell. We just came off the Karate Kid series and everything like that, but we do have to analyze film for what it is. This was just a bad storytelling ter- narrative to me to start off the movie with that scene. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. I feel like uh, they blew they they blew their load quick there because they should. I would have liked for it to again be towards the middle yeah. and release like, hey, yeah, he killed his wife, so. This he is capable of doing some crazy shit. Exactly. So now this gone this has gone from like kind of a stalkerish guy to a dangerous guy, and now this woman's life might be in danger. 
Exactly. Also, just to come out of that, at that point in the gas station, this is a little bit more unrealistic. And I know I'm kind of talking shit about the movie, but Mm -hmm. I will say right now, I I enjoyed the movie. But again, some aspects are unrealistic. At that point, why not call the cops? Uh, I'm not talking about when she saw him in the gas station. I'm talking about what happened after, which, you uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to get to in a second. Mm -hmm. Actually, get to that and then we'll bring that up. What what happens when she goes back outside? Okay, so when she goes out to, while she's in the gas station, even before she goes outside, she notices him. And the attendant and another guy who's in the gas station notice her freaking out. They ask her what's wrong. She said, oh, this is guy. I honked at him earlier. He's freaking me out. Um and the guy who's in the gas station says, all right, I'll walk out with you. Hopefully, once he sees that somebody's with you, he leaves you alone. He goes, he he, he, he sees the guy, he walks her out, she drives off, and he kind of looks at the he, uh, the guy, looks at Russell Crowe's character and says, you know, it's kind of stupid what you're doing, just let her go, let her go about your business, and kind of stands in front of the car. He hits this motherfucker, carries him yeah. around to the street. The guy files off the car. He's actually, he doesn't look too banged up, but then another right. car that was coming the opposite way hits him, Boom! Movies escalated. Um. So you. So you're. Why did you're, she not? Yes. Why didn't she drive immediately to the police station? Exactly. I'm fucking confused. Because he I mean, called, that's, he, my, she he she didn't have her phone, bro. What What does it have to do with driving to the police station? Oh, you said driving to the police station. But because right. what? Well, remember, but she was she was going to call the police. She look, reached around look for her phone. She couldn't find it, and Correct. then he called another phone that she found. And basically told her he knows where her kid is. He knows that's why she didn't right. go to the police station. The school. Now, granted, your first instinct in something like that would be to drive immediately to the police before you even look for your phone. I, I, I can get correct. Well, you know, nowadays a lot of people do call the police. I, I get, I get why they wouldn't. Um, I mean, well, why you would think that she should have just went straight to the police station? But still, at that point, even while she's driving, remember when she's driving away from the gas station because he's chasing her now. She saw him hit the guy. He's chasing her. Her adrenaline's rushing. And, and he pulls up on the side of her, and he has her phone. He shows it to her. And that's when she realized she didn't have her fucking phone. So at that point, bro, right. I mean, honestly, if I see somebody who I know is after me hit somebody who was trying to defend me, my adrenaline may put me in the place. All right, let me just get the fuck away. Let me just get the fuck away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, now, though. Because, let me throw something else at you. Yeah. With all this shit that went down, which was some crazy shit that went out outside mm-hmm. that gas station, you mean to tell me not not one person from that gas station called the cops or anyone else that was in that area called the cops saw saw what happened and called the cops? And you would, So the thing is, you would think that somebody would have got – well, hey, the, almost every gas station has cameras nowadays. Did they Correct. not pull this license plate? Like, I know I live in a major city. But it's so hard now. If you put, if people put out an APB for your car and your plates for you not to get found drive, it's not like he was hiding. He was driving around all motherfucking day, like nobody Big pulled ass him truck. over. Yeah. Um. Now the thing that were my my disposition, or wait, my ability to like get rid of the disbelief, um, in the in this was the next scene to follow. So the scene in which he meets her lawyer because she was supposed to meet him for breakfast, talk about the case, unwind. The right. whole way that this scene plays out is where where you've been up until now is where I am. Because this is my thing. Let's say me and you, we're bros. We're meeting up. You say, hey, bro, um, I'm going to meet you at the Waffle House, whatever. Somebody shows up and was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm JB's friend. The Waffle uh, he, House? He told, whatever. He told me to. Uh, that's not that's not um, stereotypical or anything. <laughs> he, 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 um, and and somebody says, oh, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm JB's friend. He told me you guys were meeting, uh, so I, I to, to meet you meet you here too. First of all, I know I'm like I, what the fuck. I'm not gonna act like I know every single person you know because I don't. But if me and you are supposed to hang out, and it, it'd be different if it's Q, right? 
if it was right. Q or if it was Bello or if it was Colin, some somebody that we we both know, Seema, like somebody right. like like. But for somebody that I've you've never mentioned, and they were supposed to be lifelong friends, not just recent friends. Her lawyer and her, I think they grew up together. If I remember him, so the fir- my first thing so, isn't yeah. going to be to be like, I, well, I'm going to raise the question. I'm going to call. So then, not only does that not happen, he he gets a phone call and he's like, oh yeah, let me talk to her. And like, if you called me and then you said, and somebody's sitting in front of you, I'm like, yeah, your friends here, and you're like, oh no, let, they want to talk to you. I'm, I'm, I don't know. That way the whole scene played out was complete disbelief to me. If somebody who's supposed to know her forever, but then it even escalated more. There are 20, 15, 20 people in this, in this restaurant. They see him beat this guy to death and everybody is in so shocked that they didn't, nobody called the police, bro. No, come on now. There would have been a Karen I, in there who would have called the police the first time he punched him. I'll take it even one step further, but let me, let me um, tell you my perspective. Cause I'm right with you, but I was already, already in that, that thing. And, Remember, this guy's a lawyer. So lawyers are very logical and they are very analytical. Mm-hmm. You would have probably figured out, you know, just by the way he's acting. Like you said, if I'm there to meet you and some random person comes and like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I know CJ. I'd be like, okay, I'm, maybe so, but that's kind of weird. How come CJ didn't tell me this person would come and meet me? Where Where is CJ and how come he didn't come uh, or, te- or at least text me be like, yo, such, such and such, yo, my cousin's coming through or whatever. So that's the first problem. The second problem is after he gets on the phone and he starts like cursing at the girl, at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm out. Just, yeah. like, keep the phone. I'm out. Because yeah. this, this doesn't seem right. Like you, you're, you're, you're supposed to be great friends and you're like, you're like cursing at her. Something seems wrong. Then on top, when this starts happening and he hits her, hits him with the cup and fucking shatters his face, yeah. people run out. But here was the funny part. They continue to go back and forth. And after he kills him, there's still people in the restaurant. I'm surprised. Why wouldn't the whole restaurant be cleared out after that first thing happened? I'm telling you, if we're sitting in a restaurant, Waffle House, as you put it, and I see some motherfucker break a piece of glass over another guy's face, I, I think I'm, I think it's time to call. Like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> we let me let me give you this quick story. Me and my wife were, were was at a, um, a buffet. This is uh-huh. like maybe two, three years ago. And... Um, we were we were there for a, a little while. We didn't have just got there. We we ate a little bit, and this guy walked in. Okay. And the guy goes goes to the uh, you know the servers working there, and starts saying like, "Oh, you guys tried to kill our people, like the Asian. They're like Japanese." And he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we got you back for Pearl Harbor." And starts saying like all and loud and yelling. I told my wife, "I'm like, yo, finish up that plate. We out of here." <laughs> and we we ate, yeah, we was gone because I'm trying to fuck around, yo. Yeah, Those are the fucking yeah. type of dudes that fucking shoot a place up. That's that, bro. It's it's, and even the people who are like, because you know, it's like a car wreck. Some people do like watch. Nobody called. Like, if I see somebody murder, so like it wasn't like he just beat yeah. his ass. It was like a bar fight. You murdered this motherfucker plainly in front of people. Nobody called the motherfucking police. Like. That was one of my dis. What, my, what was the setting of this thing again? Do you know? What was Did what? they say like the setting? What city is it? Do you know? Did they uh, say New Orleans? Shit. Yeah. I've been in New Orleans. I never seen that shit before. <laughs> hey, New Orleans got one of the the highest rates of shootings. Like nobody got a gun and would have shot his ass and be like, "Hey, bro, chill." But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> but then I like the fact, even though I, I I I my disbelief in this scene was just super high. But uh, suspension of disbelief, that's the frame I was looking for earlier. Um, but uh, I do like that they, because you're thinking, all right, if this motherfucker, why is he just so blatant? He's not even worried about getting caught. 
I do like that they added while he's talking to her when he's leaving out the restaurant. They do add the line where he says, I'm absolutely fine by suicide by cop. It's fine by me. Meaning that he's not going to stop what he does. If cops are in front of him with guns, he's not going to stop until he gets this lady. I like that they added that line because then it does add, okay, why is he doing this shit where everybody can see him? Because the motherfucker, he, he almost wants to die. He wants somebody to be able to challenge him and kill him. So I do like that they added that line. It still just makes that scene, that scene is just such a, I don't know. I don't know, bro. I just don't like the way that the scene played out. No, I'm with you. And um, I do like, though, that line because now that adds another layer to him where now, there's, now yeah, now more than ever, he's unhinged because yeah. he doesn't care about the cops. Exactly. So he could kill you at any time. It's not like, oh, you know, I could get to broad daylight to public and I'll be safe. No, he'll kill a motherfucker in daylight, yeah. in public. He doesn't. He does not care. So yeah, I, I do like that they added that. And then you know, he 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 goes. He's he's trying to draw her out. He calls her, get on the phone. He's transferring her money from her savings to her exit. Like he figures out so much shit through this. But I like that even though he's unhinged, he's not stupid, right? Because no, there's there's this, there's this com- there's this common thing in in movies in which somebody is is so crazy that they just do batshit ass crazy with no rhyme or reason. No, he's very methodical in the way that he moves. Because he asks her, he's like, "You pick. Who do you want me to kill next? Otherwise, I'm going for your son." She picks the client that had just fired her, and you're like, "Damn, this is fucked up, right?" She's trying to <laughs> contact her, contact her, contact her. He's like, fuck that. I know. I knew you were going to pick somebody you didn't give a fuck about. So why she's worried about that, he actually goes to her house where her brother and his and his woman, I don't know if it was his wife or not, his girlfriend were. I think it was his girlfriend, His yeah. girlfriend were. And I love, whereas I hated the restaurant scene, I loved how this scene plays out. What did you think about this scene, bro? No, 100%. 100% because at this point, though, we know a lot about this guy. We know where his head is at. And... Uh, you know, normally when you see these type of movies, you're like, ah, yeah, well, we know he's not going to kill the brother, obviously. But at this point, honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, he's so I fucking have no idea if he's going to kill the brother or yeah. not because he's so crazy. Exactly. And when a movie has you on, like, on the edge of your seat like that where you don't know what's going to happen, those are always going to be good movies because you legit don't know what happened. It's not predictable. Yeah, yeah. And so the scene with the brother plays out so good. Like, he kills he kills his, his girlfriend. He's sitting there playing with the brother. He's... uh playing with the brother he's toying with the brother while he's on the phone with uh with what's her name rachel and uh i didn't i thought something was gonna happen to keep him from setting her brother on fire bro what did you think about this scene that it was crazy man it was crazy and again another layer because this wasn't just like a fast kill this is like a torture type of thing now because he sent him on fire some low-key saw shit exactly exactly and so he sets he does set the brother on fire, but luckily police come in. Uh, so they were arrived. Right. You know, we we don't find out the brother's fate until the, the end. end of the movie, but he does end up surviving. Um, but still, that this family is gonna be fucked. Like I don't know if I can like <laughs> <laughs> psychologically the son and everything. So that's kind of everything that happened leading up to this final scene. Rachel is at the point now where she is ready to fight back. She gets her son. Her son's in on it. Like he kind of is is with her, which I do love because at the end of the day. If somebody, I don't care how old I was. If you fucking with my mama, I'm oh, I'm, I'm right on with you. Um, but so, and I love how this played off on an earlier scene. The son had described a tactic used in war. I can't remember what war, if it was like Roman times or whatever, in which they would draw somebody in and attack them from the side. And I didn't, I I didn't remember that until I got until it played out in that scene where he's driving up, he knows where they're at, and she comes barreling into his fucking truck. 
from the side with with the car. What did you think about them? That foreshadowing is the word. What did you think about it with the son? No, I like that. And I like the fact that it was a son that came up with the idea. You know, him being, you know, he's supposed to be, like you said, like 15 years old. I love the fact that they went, went with that. It kind of reminded me of, um, I know you've seen Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. but in the last battle, when they were kind of outmanned and outgunned, they kind of employed a strategy like that where they were kind of like off to the cut. Mm-hmm. They waited till everyone got in the middle and then they, they kind of blockaded and, and attacked from the side. So it was something similar to that. So yeah, I, I thought that was cool. I, I just love the fact that, that it came from the sun yeah for sure and one thing that i did mention before leading up to this final scene is that they were trying to figure out how he always knew where they were and it's so he's so smart the tracker. He, he, he put he the gps in the ipad i think it was um, it was ipad yeah and so that like even makes it makes it look him look more methodical because technically he could have got her whenever the fuck he wanted to he wanted wanted to torture her and make and make her wait wait for it, it was fucking crazy but smart um and then we finally get the last scene uh, in which they're in the house. Um, he's trying to strangle her son. And I'll let you say, I've said a lot of the great parts of this movie. How do you think? No, about no, go ahead. This motherfucker stabs him in the eye with a fucking pair of scissors. Scissor. And I did, bro, I, I really thought, all right, they're going to end up getting away. The police are going to come. Something's going to happen. When she stabbed him in the motherfucking eye, I was like, I damn near fist. I did the Tiger Woods fist pump, bro, because I was like, Fuck yeah, bro! That shit was great. I love, I love seeing, cause you know we, we the final girl or whatever, but they always get the killer in some type of way, um, right? And I almost thought this movie was gonna end with him getting away and then being on the lookout for him and them just surviving. I almost thought that it was gonna go that route. But when she stabs him in the eye, I'm just like, fuck yeah! After all the shit <laughs> he calls you, good, you stabbed that motherfucker in the eye. What did you think? Here's the thing. I'm ha- I was happy for her, but I felt like that final scene was kind of ended abruptly. Like he stabbed yeah, her in the eye, and that was it. I'm like, I feel like they could have they could have lengthened it out a little bit more. And I'll just fast forward a little bit to the end, like the real last scene where she's driving and someone cuts her off and she's about to honk, and then she's like, okay, l- you know, let me not honk. And the son is like, yeah, good choice. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that moment where Russell Crowe comes out and fucking kills her ass, or we see Russell Crowe like she she passes and goes to the next block, and then out of the cut, you see Russell Crowe kind of drive up like following her. But we never got that, which it was that was kind of cool because I'm used to seeing that a lot too. Where we're oh after all the survivor the the the, the bad guy does survive, and now like we lead in something else. So it was cool that they killed him off. But I would have liked to see that 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 back and forth with him and her that fight a little bit more lengthy because I feel like oh they got the scissor and that's it it was over he well, didn't I wake mean, back up for one last rod there was none of that yeah that, and that's usually a, a big trope in in movies like this but I think I like the way they did it because Russell Crowe was built as such a beast in this movie there's nothing she could have fucking did with him in a real back and forth he would have snapped her like a True. fucking twig and that would have been the end of it and walked away um so I kind of I get what you're saying it did feel abrupt. Um, I think to kind of merge the two things that did happen with what you would have happened, a great ending to it would have been um, kind of what you said. If he stabbed her, she stabbed him in the eye, they get away. She's about to honk. He drives by and see that she didn't honk and just nods like, all right, well, you've learned after all this, you've learned. Yeah. And then he just gets the fuck fuck away. Never do like, for us to a sequel that would have never happened. But. I, I, I could have liked that ending too because you get bu- the best of both worlds that way. Yeah, I honestly think they could, if they wanted to, they could make this a sequel. Oh, yeah. It doesn't sure. necessarily have to be Russell Crowe and Rachel. It could be another 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 um, different story, but the same concept. Yeah. It can, They've done that with other movies. People are unhinged. And I love how they, they took this, the thing, the idea of like road rage because we have seen in the news people get honked on and they get cut off and they follow them and shoot the motherfucker. Like, yeah. the shit like this has happened. So the fact that like this unhinged brand, and I don't know the studio that did 
get this off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. While you're, lo- you're looking at it real quick, I just want to say, even if we didn't have to review this, and even if it wasn't the first why theatrical released movie after COVID, I would have still watched it because I, and it's the same reason why I like those when people are trapped in the house and they're, you know, they're, they're getting stalked. It's so real to me. It's, it's yeah. a very real, yeah. like, it's not like fucking Annabelle or Friday, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, although Freddy's like the goat, but it's real, like super realistic. It's something that could happen. It has happened and it'll continue to happen. So the, the studio that did this is Solstice Studios. And this is their Never first movie. Not anything mm. direct to video. This is their very first film. And now knowing that, I'm fucking interested in what they do going forward. Now, I wish the budget would have been. They've on, they they only made twenty nine million off a thirty three million dollar budget. Now that is COVID. I honestly think if it wasn't for COVID, we would this movie would have blew up. And I think once it yeah, they would have broke a hundred million. I think once they're on VOD, I would like to see how this it continues to grow because I really do think that that they have a they have a possible brain here. We just gave them sequel ideas. You can do unhinged and different. You can do a a coworker being unhinged, right? Like somebody who gets passed up for a fucking promotion. Bam, they're unhinged. They don't know what else. Like there's so many different things you can do with this genre. If we're gonna call it a genre within a genre of the one bad day thing, teachers that, go crazy. Yeah. T- oh, Bro, and in COVID, imagine that being yeah. a movie. A teacher that's forced to teach in COVID, being nervous, and then imagine something like they fucking get COVID, and while they're having COVID, they're fucking losing their mind, and they go back to school unfucking hinge. There's so much you can do with shit like that. Um, but one thing that I'm seeing on their their docket here is they have a movie with Robert Rodriguez coming out called Hypnotic. And I don't see anything about like uh plot or anything, but Robert Rodriguez, I like I like most of his films. They're very stylistic, so that's that's interesting that they have a movie with him coming out yeah so i'm definitely definitely gonna be on the lookout for them because you know you can't be mad i mean yeah they made the budget was a little high for i think what they're trying to do but i think that has a lot to do with russell crowe but now that they've sort of i don't want to necessarily say built a brand but people know who they are Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have to go hardcore with an a-list star next time because people already know like okay we're gonna see something good because as good as russell crowe is I really feel you can take any actor and put them in that role. Any good actor. I mean, let me not say any actor, but any good actor and fit. I don't I don't feel like Russell Crowe. This movie wasn't a Russell Crowe movie or anything like that. So I feel like any actor, a good actor can 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 fit the description. And um, yeah, they made they made uh, they made about twenty nine million. And what's interesting is it did it did pretty. It was almost even domestic versus international because they did sixteen and change domestically, and they did like twelve and change internationally. So um, I don't know how many movies right now I'm doing twelve million internationally. So it's you know it's still something to to at least be happy about. They necessarily haven't had a profit yet, but I think when it's all done with VOD sales and everything, they would have at least profited something. Yeah. And during this time, you can't really be pissed off about that. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, I just, yeah, I think that they're, I mean, they're going to easily, I think, make 4 million over the, over the lifetime of this movie. I mean, even, even if they like whoever gets the streaming rights, whether it's like Netflix, Hulu, whether they go to VOD for a while first and get paid there, HBO, like they're going to make their money. And I, I love this being the first movie from the studio. I love that that idea and concept. And they have a movie. That movie that I mentioned before with Robert Rodriguez is actually starring Ben Affleck. That's no, that's interesting. That's a great pairing, bro. Ben Affleck does he one thing that Ben other than like Justice League he he has recently only picked movies that he's passionate about the story or, or or something in the script has to really speak to him so they got Ben Affleck and Robert Rodriguez going yeah that could be it's a pretty could cool be a pretty good yeah. duo so um yeah bro overall like what's your rating for this movie um even though I we kind of like kind of shit on it a little bit we're just you know w- this is what we do we're critics you know we, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through with a with a 
with a fine tooth and, you know, fine, you know, whatever the fucking terminology is. Um, I saw good out of it. I saw bad out of it. If I'm going to go ahead and do out of five stars, I would probably go with three and a half, maybe three and three quarters star. Okay. Yeah, I think, out of five. I think I'm right there. I think about a three and a half stars now. I will say, and I've been admit, admitting this, like with all of our streamer new movies that we've reviewed and stuff, some of that is just due to not being a lot of new. Like, it just feels like we're in perpetual February this year with, with movies. Yeah. So there is some some of that tint. But I, I really think, like, maybe if so, if this was normal times, I would definitely probably say that this wasn't a movie that should have been in theaters. But imagine if this would have been like streaming on netflix or something i wouldn't have had no no issues with it um no as a matter of fact people this sh- everyone would probably be talking about this shit if it was on netflix yeah yeah so um but yeah i mean overall really good movie don't let the three and a half shy you away probably more like a 3.25 honestly if i'm just being honest on the scale but a really solid movie i think this is a great b movie something that you wouldn't uh it's definitely worth a watch yeah it's not anything that you'll that you'll watch and be like damn i wasted my time you won't feel that way at all in those 93 minutes it flies by because once it does it, once it kicks off you're so engaged in everything that's going on that it, it just it flies by so um, yeah I, I if you take out some of the non like nonsense in this movie mm-hmm. you probably have a good 60 minutes of good really good stuff yeah for sure for sure like like and then if you take out that first three to five minutes that opening scene with russell crowe i think you have it may it, that there's some sis- disbelief in overall in the movie but if you take just that five minutes out to me that become it becomes such a better movie a very different movie absolutely yeah, very different um that's why the way that you the the pacing in the movie and stuff matters scenes placement matters in films because i honestly think if you take out that scene or place it somewhere else as like a flashback, but we don't know what we know right away, I easily think that bumps this, this up probably that two point five that I mentioned uh, that would have taken it to from a three point a three point uh two five to actual three point five that that would have easily did that. Or maybe looking at a four, maybe seven five or almost a four. Yeah, so um there you go that's all i have to say about that bro i'm right with you bro i think we beat it up enough all right we beat it up <laughs> uh but that is it <laughs> this has been another episode of the film frequency jb go ahead and give me your social media i can be reached on twitter at the p1jb that's at t-h-e-p-1-j-b and of course you can find me on the film frequency discussion group over at facebook you can follow me at ceo hayes at ceo h-a-i-z-e you can follow us collectively at the film yeah at the film bros on twitter you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency pod at gmail.com lastly if you want to leave us a voicemail you can do so we do have a hotline 614-547-2038 we out this bitch peace, peace.